Welcome to Courageously Casey. I am your host, Casey Russell, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is to share my story for His glory, and my prayer is that God will utilize me to speak to your heart and mind so that you too are able to confidently and courageously go after your God-sized dreams. Let's get right to it. Hey, hey, we're back, we're back, and today I want to talk about um, healing. So, a couple weeks ago, I got to go to Dallas, Texas for a women's conference, and y'all, it was so good. So, this, let me just tell y'all the timeline, and let me tell you backstory of all the reasons why God did, I mean, made a way for us to get there, but why the enemy didn't want me there, Okay. So several months ago, I was reached out to uh, via email to uh, potentially speak at this women's conference. If y'all weren't aware, just little reminder, I do go and travel and speak at women's conferences and I love that. So if you ever want to request for me to speak, you can email admin at caseygrahamrussell.com, admin, A-D- A-D-M-I-N, admin, at CaseyGrahamRussell.com is the email address. Anyways, you can request for me to speak and we can go over details and kind of like stuff like that. And I'll send you the information. And if it's a fit, then we can go. But um, I am booking for 2024 right now. And so anyways, I got one of these emails. It was in Dallas. I was like, great. And it was going to be at the end of June, which I thought, wow, I'm going to be really big pregnant, but I knew that I wanted to be there. And I called my husband and I said, Hey, I've been requested to speak at this. Um, it was called blaze women's gathering. And I was like, man, this sounds so good. And I'd seen a, the other speakers and I was like, wow, I'd really like to just be in a room with them and just gain some wisdom from them. And so we, came together and my husband said, absolutely, I'll, I'll take you, you know, and I was like, great. So (laughs) how this all lines up is that was on June 23rd or 24th. I can't remember exactly the date. Okay. And the tornado in Matador, we were supposed to leave on Thursday morning and the tornado hit on Wednesday night. Okay. So this all happens. Also, My daughter was going to church camp in Branson, Missouri, and y'all remember I live in Texas, so um, Branson, Missouri is about a nine-hour drive from us, which is not that far, but y'all, it states away, right? And I don't know if it was just life that had been happening or pregnancy brain or what, but I got the dates all mixed up, and I had had the dates mixed up for months, like months. Um, I thought that she was going to be at camp the week before I had planned this whole fun anniversary trip for my husband and I to go to Branson a few days early, even rented one of those slingshot cars. Have y'all seen one of those? They're like three wheel cars with no top. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna feel like Batwoman and Batman riding through the mountains. (laughs) Anyways, I got it all messed up. And so actually she was at camp the same week that the tornado hit the same week that I was supposed to be in Dallas. Okay. So somehow I was supposed to pick up my daughter. I was supposed to go to Dallas on Friday or Thursday, pick up my Dallas, Texas on Thursday, pick up my daughter in Branson, Missouri on Friday, 
and speak at the conference in Dallas on Saturday. Now, I don't know about y'all, but um, I don't know how to be in two states at one time. And so we started looking and doing all this. Anyways, um, thank God for friends. Because I immediately reached out to some of our friends that we've made. And my daughter has become best friends with their daughter. And I said, how are y'all getting y'all's kids back? And they said, well, we're flying. And I found the last ticket that was booked. It was a small plane. It only had about 20 seats. So the seats, you know, filled fast. There was one plane ticket left. You can't tell me that wasn't the Lord having favor over my daughter in this situation. We booked the plane ticket. They ended up picking her up, flying her back, keeping her for almost two nights. We picked her up on Saturday night at 10 o'clock. But I tell you all this to say, I knew that I needed to be in that house. I knew that I needed to be in that church. When my husband and I very wearily went to Dallas Thursday night after he had been cleaning in Matador all day long. And then we went down there on our way and stayed for about four hours. Um, we ended up taking our two-year-old son because obviously none of our family was able to watch him as they were, you know, going through a disaster scene. Um, we walked through those doors of that church on Friday and to set up our merchandise booth for Courageous Grace. And I just, I was like, wow, this feels good in here. You know, have you ever walked into somewhere where you know there's holy ground? Well, that's what this church was like. And I thought, and now y'all, this building was nothing fancy. In fact, the area where the church was is a poverty stricken area. There's um, drugs and prostitution and there's just things that they deal with right there in that area. It's about nine minutes from downtown Dallas, but you can't imagine the difference between this area and downtown Dallas with just a nine minute drive. It's a, it's a very different scene. But as I walked into this church, I was just like, God, this is so cool. And as I learned more about that church and how the family that's been pastoring there is three generations. Do y'all know how rare that is for three generations to be in ministry? And not only that they're just in ministry, but they're actually at the same church facility. I would just go out ahead and tell you that that is few and far between, but what a testament of faith already. So when I heard that, I was like, wow, I'm so glad I'm here. And as the conference went on on Saturday, I was the first speaker. We had the most beautiful, what they called a soak session. I'd never heard a worship um, service called a soak session. And y'all know that I'm a worship leader. And so that was a little odd that I hadn't heard about that. But I understood why they called it that. And the reason was because we really didn't sing like canned songs or, you know, songs that you hear on the radio. We were like soaking in the Holy Spirit and his presence. And as the worship leader, her name was Triv. Y'all can look her up, T-R-I-V. Absolutely incredible woman from Chicago. Came all the way down from Chicago to give her gift of song to us. Um, I did. I just soaked in his presence. And it was beautiful. And then I got to speak right after that. Then the next speaker was Amanda Pittman. Y'all can look her up. She's, I was talking on courage and your calling, of course. And staying steadfast in the middle of the storm and that whole deal, right? And then after lunch, Amanda came on and she started talking about confidence in the Lord. Now, you can't tell me that that wasn't all orchestrated perfectly by God. And then we finished the day with Pastor Bev Tucker. Y'all can look her up as well. She's amazing and she teaches on deliverance. 
And if y'all have never been in a church that preaches deliverance, I pray that you will find one because so many churches in America right now have so many things that are going on within their four walls of their church home because the pastors are not teaching about deliverance. You can only get truly healed when you are delivered from things. And so today I want to just share about healing. We got so many wounded people walking around. So many wounded people. Y'all, I've been wounded since I was a little bitty girl. Some of the earliest wounds that I have carried was when I was five years old. Five years old. And I'm going to be 34 this year. And these are wounds that I still have had to doctor and tend to almost 30 years later. That happened when I was five years old. There was a period of my life at that time that was mass chaos chaos there was no stability there were so many adult conversations that were going on that were so inappropriate and i was listening to and there was a lot of things that went on through there and i kept all that for years of course then it dominoes because typically there's a domino effect there's a catalyst and then it just goes from there things are accelerated right and they and they compound on one another and this trauma that isn't healed goes into further and you dig deeper and deeper into deeper traumas and bigger traumas and things that are harder to heal. I know that that's many of your stories too. What started off as just maybe a chaotic situations or words that were being said or not said or emotions that were being shared or not shared or, you know, there's been, there's things in your life where basic needs I'm not talking about food and water and a roof over your head. I'm talking about true love in your home or physical attention, the, the um, appropriate physical attention from both a mother and a father. Some of you were not um, given that. Toxic family members that were kept around just because they were family after all. You know, there's some of y'all I know that that started when you were little. And while that seems like it was easy to heal from, what happened was, is that you learned things and behaviors at that age, and then you carried them into preteen and teenage, and you found yourself making choices that did not align with the word of God, but it was all you knew because you were just, you know, growing in that chaos. And so then you had other traumas that happened, and then they led to further things and further things. And further things. Anybody else understand that? Well, I want to tell you that we have to be delivered of this stuff. Because not only does it affect you. I want you to hear this. Not only does it affect you. But it affects your children. Their children. Their children. For generations and generations. Did you know that some people are carrying around trauma and things from their ancestors that they have never even met or heard of. Did you know that? Yeah, because this is a spiritual battle. And so what the enemy does is that he comes in and he makes this a generational thing. That's why people want to talk about generational curses. Well, the thing is, is that they want to break it off, but they don't want to go in and heal it. They don't want to be delivered from it to where it can't go any further. This takes work, and a lot of people are not willing to do the work. 
And I'll just tell you that, yes, our God is a good God and he's a powerful God. And yes, you can say one power and be delivered of it. But I do not believe that people are healed and where they just, I don't believe that they're just, you know, set free and they never think about it again and all their behaviors change just immediately. No, I believe that when you pray for something, then God's going to hand you a shovel and say, okay, I've healed you now get to work on your own. And that's where so many Christians don't want to do that work. They don't want to go to therapy. They don't want to go and apologize. They don't want to stop hanging around the people, places, and things that have wounded them, scarred them, and keep making them unhealed and unwhole. Right? And so that's why we see this circle of every time there's an altar call, every time there's a women's conference, every time there's healing or prayer meetings or anything like that, we've got people praying over the exact same thing for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 50 years, y'all. And that's why. Because God says, hey, you've already been healed. I, I've healed you. My word is true. My promise is real. But what have you done to stay, to stay healed? What have you done? What work have you done? Where have you changed your trajectory? In Psalm 109.22, well, actually, I'm going to go back to 20. It says, let this be the reward of my, adversar my adversaries from the Lord and of those who speak evil, evil against my life. But you deal with me and act for me, O God, the Lord. For your name's sake, because your mercy and loving kindness are good. Oh, deliver me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded and stricken within me. So he's talking about a wounded heart, which a lot of us have, right? And so it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Some people say, well, I didn't do this. I, yeah, same here. A lot of the things that I've had to heal from, I didn't do. But... We have to know that just because we didn't do them doesn't mean that we don't get to to work on them. We can't just say, well, that was I didn't choose that. That was done to me. Okay, well, you still gotta get you still have to choose to get healed from it. You still have to choose to do the hard work, right? One of my prayers is Lord, make me a healed healer. I literally have this written in my Bible, y'all. Make me a healed healer instead of a wounded healer. Use my hurt and my pain to help others in need and minister to them. Amen. That is literally written in my book. We have so many people, wounded people, and it's not that they can't be used. My goodness, you can be used. Hello, here I am, right? But if you are trying to minister to people and you're growing frustrated and nothing is soaking in, look at yourself in the mirror. Are you healed? Are you a wounded healer that's trying to heal other people? And when they look at you, they can see the hurt and they go, but they're not walking this out, but they're not healed. And then they question that, right? If you are still bleeding and hurting all over your loved ones, family, friends, the ones around you that you're trying to talk to, you're not going to be able to, to help them. And certainly you're not going to be able to, to show them what healing looks like. You're just not. I know this, y'all, because I've been a picture of this. Anybody that's been following me for more than, you know, three or four years knows this. I wanted to help people. I tried to help people. 
but I was bleeding all over them. Have you ever been around somebody that can say the perfect prayer, make the elegant elegant words, but you know when you get them into a different situation where they're not around church people, they're not around prayer people, they're not around a women's conference, they're not in that situation. Boy, they're a different person and they're hurtful and they're wounded, constantly wounded. You can see it written all over them. They have anxiety. They suffer with depression. They have negative thoughts all the time. They don't know how to be loving. They don't know how to be selfless. They are selfish people. They don't know how to put others first. They don't know how to operate without being manipulative. They don't know how to operate without having a, an under um, underground agenda. There's always something there, right? These people are bleeding and they're hurting, and that is why their words are not heard. That's why their words are not heard. You can minister, yes, but Jesus tells us that the blind cannot lead the blind because if they do, they will both fall into a ditch, right? We, I mean, come on, that's like even common sense. I mean, the Lord tells us that in Matthew 15, but just think about it. Like, you don't want the blind leading the blind, right? No. Okay. So, in order to minister to people properly, we have to first go to God, open it up, and say, God, heal me. Did you hear that part of opening it up? I did not say suppress it. I did not say cover it. I did not say drown it. I did not say shoot it up. I did not say, you know, bury it. No, I didn't say any of that. I said, open it up. Open it up. And let him come in and heal us. Here's the thing. There's so many things in our life that we're going to have wounds. I have wounds too. And when I figure out that I have a certain wound, I know that I can't minister properly in that midst of that moment. Because number one, it tests my own faith. It tests my own, you know, um, faith or belief, I guess, in the strength of the Lord to kind of cover and heal that. So I can't talk about that kind of stuff. I have to go to God and say, hey, heal me from this so I can help somebody else through this. Right? If I have you know, a lot of unresolved issues in my life that I need to go to, I have to say, Lord, help me, strengthen me, heal me. If you just got wounds everywhere, I mean, just think about this, y'all. If you were literally, if all the wounds that you're carrying around that you think that you're hiding, but you're not, by the way, but let's just say that we reverse them. So instead of them being internal wounds, if every single wound, and maybe y'all do this, you know, if every single one, you wrote them down on your body and then you took a knife and you cut it open and they all started bleeding for every wound that you have that you know is not healed. And the way that you know that it's not healed is that number one, you keep repeating the pattern. Do you keep repeating the pattern? You're not healed from it. Okay. Number two, are you passing it down? See, so many people, parents or grandparents or friends or whatever, they want to say, well, uh, that's something I dealt with, but you know, well, no, are you passing it on? How do you talk about your body in front of your grandchildren or your children? 
Are you healed from insecurity? Do you actually have the confidence of the Lord coming out of your mouth? Do you know that you are a courageous woman? What are your words saying? See, if your words are being passed down to anybody, not just your own kids, but anybody around you, then you're not healed from that. So think about those things. And then think about if you were to just write them all over your body and then just take a knife. Well, y'all, you're not going to be worth much to help other people because here you are sitting bleeding out. I mean, we got to call emergency, right? So we're not as strong as we can be in our faith or in Christ if we are not healed ourselves, okay? I want to encourage you that God loves people that are wounded. I tell people all the time, you can walk into rooms that I can't. You can talk to people that I can't. I've given this analogy a thousand times and it's a good one because it makes sense to everybody. Somebody, a drug addict with tracks on their arms. If y'all don't know what tracks are, they they look like train tracks because they've cut their arms all to pieces, right? Um, with holes or needles or whatever. I don't know. I don't have that. That's something I can't talk to. But a drug addict, a recovered drug addict with tracks on their arms can talk to another drug addict. Why? Because they can say, hey, Here's these wounds. God healed them. Let me show you how he can heal you. Right? Yes. So I'm not saying that people that aren't hurt and wounded and not already healed can't be used. Please don't hear that. What I'm saying is, is that you can be healed and God wants you to be healed, but you're going to have to ask him to come in Heal that hurt so that you can start helping others. I want you to be a healed healer, a healed healer. You know, and y'all, this doesn't have to be some great trauma. This could be, Lord, I don't want to be yelling at my kids. I don't want that. I don't want that um, to go on in my home. Heal me from that, Lord. You know, it could be anything like that. Lord, I don't want to be a mess with my finances. I want to be a good steward of my finances. I want to be able to bless people more than I ever could have ever dreamed or thought. Lord, give me that. Maybe it's, you know, some people work with seeing opportunity and their money mindset or their laziness or, or workaholic. I mean, it can be either way. Lord, heal me from this. So think about that, right? Write it down and be willing to say, God, come in, heal me so that I can serve others that are also in this place. We have a duty to serve, but it's really, really hard if we're not healed ourselves. God, I thank you for this this lesson. I thank you for healing. God, I thank you for deliverance. I thank you that ties and chains will be broken off of families for generations, God, that they would not accept that this is all the, always the way it's been, so it's all the way will always be this way, God, but they would, um, they would put on what you have for them in their life. Lord, that they would be willing to be vulnerable and open, God, that they would be willing to go to those places of hurt and pain and say, God, here it is, heal it. Lord, that they would be willing to come to you and give it to you, but then be able to work themselves Whatever it takes, God, to make sure that they stayed healed. Lord, I know that you have so much purpose and plan for every single listener here. 
and that their pain wasn't all for nothing. There is purpose and that they would be equipped and empowered to use it, Lord. Lord, that they wouldn't run around bleeding on everybody else and hurting everybody else, God, but that they would be able to say, hey, I've been there. I see you. I am you. I was you. And look what God can do. Lord, I thank you and praise you and honor you. Amen. Hey, friend, I pray that this podcast resonated with you today. If it did, would you please do me a favor? Take three minutes and give me a review. Five star is obviously the best. And in the comments, write how God spoke to you today. Also, if you are not already, please, please, please follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Casey Graham Russell all together. I would love to connect with you over there. And if you haven't checked out my website, CaseyGrahamRussell.com, we are constantly updating things. I'm sending out emails and just trying my best to give you guys more tools to live out your God-sized dreams. Until next time, God bless. And hey, guess what? I love you, but Jesus loves you so much more.